Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Santa! Oh, my God! Would you please tell him that instead of presents this year, I just want my family back. Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? It must be magic. I must find some way to keep Christmas from coming. Nobody's walking out on this fun, old-fashioned family Christmas. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? True, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. The best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. Welcome back to another bonus episode of Tis the Podcast, the podcast determined to keep the Christmas spirit alive all year, every year. And thanks again for joining us for another installment of Another Christmas Story. This week's chapter, chapter 10, will be read to you by yours truly. Originally, it was meant to be read by longtime listener fan and friend of the show, Michael Crystalman, who is one of the nicest, funniest people you will ever meet. But as often happens, sometimes life gets in the way. And something came up in his personal life, which meant he wouldn't be able to read this week's chapter to y'all, unfortunately. But I'm hoping to get him to read a chapter later on in the year, because Michael is awesome, and I want him to be part of this story, if we can make it work out. Other than that, I don't have any housekeeping to go over with y'all, so enjoy this week's installment of Another Christmas Story. Chapter 10, Carol of the Bells, December 24th, 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Stick together, this way to reclaim our luggage. Follow me, please. The third grade students of Tampa Palms Elementary School dutifully followed their teacher, who was waving her hand through the air in order to remain visible as she led them through the crowded baggage area of Newark Airport toward the luggage carousel in which they could retrieve their suitcases and instruments. It was barely seven in the morning, and though the sky outside had lightened considerably, Given the fact that it was wintertime, the sun had still not completely risen. Normally, the young children would be weary with exhaustion and complaining due to a lack of sleep. But the bird's eye glimpses they had gotten of New York City as they descended toward the airport had filled them with such wonder it had instantly awoken them. Aaron in particular, who had barely slept on the plane due to his nightmarish visions of a demonic goat with a forked tongue stalking him on its hind legs, had been particularly dazzled by the lights below them as their plane had come in for a landing. He had no tangible memories of ever having lived in Manhattan, since his mother had moved them down to Florida when he was still extremely young. And as he glanced down at the towering building stretching high into the sky, he couldn't fathom ever having lived within the confines of such a sprawling cityscape. From above, the place looked exactly as it did in all the movies, and for the first time in nearly twelve hours, the homesickness he had felt at leaving his mother, his frayed nerves about performing on stage later that evening, his doubts about Santa Claus, and his newfound fear of Krampus, were all pushed to the back of his mind as excitement consumed him. 
he couldn't wait to see what the place looked like from the ground. As his fellow classmates chattered excitedly around him, roughhousing with one another, and an alarm began to blare loudly above the luggage carousel as a variety of suitcases and duffel bags began to appear on the conveyor belt, Aaron stared around at his surroundings. Excited families were reuniting with squeals of joy and tight hugs, as lonely businessmen and women stared blankly ahead, waiting for their bags. There are many sad and lonely-looking people around him as well, including a man who could be no older than 30, dragging a carry-on suitcase behind him as he hurried past Chris and Daniel, holding a phone in the crook of his neck to allow himself to continue speaking to his mother. Aaron supposed that a lot more people than he ever thought just didn't like the holidays as much as he did, which made him sad to think about, and this new wave of depression had the unfortunate side effect of bringing back the sadness and fears that had been plaguing him before seeing the city that never slept from above. Aaron! Principal Rodriguez's voice brought the young boy back to his senses, as he turned to see his principal standing ten feet away, staring in his direction and standing beside Miss Warren and the trip's other chaperones, whose eyes were glued to the luggage passing by in front of them like hawks. Grab your drum before it goes all the way around again. Oh! Aaron hurried forward and, struggling slightly, grabbed off of the conveyor belt the hard, circular case within which his drum was ensconced, before dragging it back to where he had been standing with his carry-on. After retrieving his own bags, Kevin sidled up beside Aaron and stretched in a ridiculously satisfying-looking manner as he gave a loud yawn. "'I had a magnificent sleep on the plane,' he informed his friend. "'There's no need to rub it in.' "'What, you didn't?' Kevin asked, surprised. "'Dude, you're going to be exhausted by the time we have to go on stage tonight.' Before Aaron could reply to his friend's concern, a teasing voice spoke up behind him. He was probably too scared, thinking about Krampus's impending visit to get any sleep. Turning, Aaron saw Daniel flash him a satisfying smirk as he and Chris sidled up beside them. Give it a rest, would you? Aaron rolled his eyes before asserting uncertainly. You're making all of this up. There's no such thing as Krampus. Wow, you don't believe in Santa or Krampus? Daniel's eyes widened in disbelief as Chris shook his head in mock pity beside him. You're going to have a rough night tonight, buddy. He placed a hand on Aaron's shoulder in mock support, which the boy quickly shrugged away. Krampus is going to come punish you, Chris warned. Don't worry, though. By the time he's through with you, I have no doubt that you'll be a believer. Oh, would you two leave him alone? The four boys spun around to find Holly standing behind them, leaning casually against her heavy-looking suitcase, with an eyebrow raised so high it had practically disappeared beneath the pink winter hat that she had pulled tightly over her head. Aaron felt his face flush at the sight of the girl. I'm fine, he insisted, mortified to hear his voice crack, which caused Daniel and Chris to burst out into fits of laughter. Before any of the kids could say anything more, however... Miss Warren had descended upon them, peering suspiciously into their faces. "'Is everything all right here?' she asked, smiling kindly as her eyes flickered between Aaron and his tormentors. "'Everything's fine,' Aaron insisted quickly as Daniel and Chris shot him obvious looks of warning. "'Good,' Miss Warren let out a relieved breath she had evidently been holding, deflating slightly before their very eyes. Though she accepted the answer without question, it was clear to Aaron that the woman still sensed something was wrong." Chris, Daniel, why don't you come with me? You can help some of your other classmates with their luggage. The two boys exchanged a glance before begrudgingly following their teacher away from Kevin, Holly, and Aaron, whom they shoulder-checked on their way past. 
Aaron didn't care, however. He had just realized, with his heart skipping a beat, that he was nearly alone with the girl that he had had a crush on since kindergarten. Kevin seemed to realize this too, as he stared between his best friend and his classmate with a wry smile on his face. Clearing his throat pointedly, he said, I think I'm just going to go have a browse through the magazines. And after jerking his head in the direction of a newsstand some 20 feet away from them, he hurried away from Aaron and Holly before either could even open their mouths to address him, dragging his large violin case behind him as he walked. He's so weird, Holly remarked with a nervous laugh. You're telling me, Aaron replied. The two kids awkwardly gazed at one another, both slightly unsure of what to say. Aaron was trying not to stare too hard at Holly, whose gloved hands were crossed in front of her as she rolled up and down on the balls of her feet nervously. Finally, to break the lengthening silence, he nodded at her and said, I like your hat. Oh, thanks. Holly reached up to pat it fondly. My grandma knitted it for me last Christmas. I'm just glad I'm finally getting a chance to wear it. She motioned toward the glass front of the airport, through which heavy gray clouds blanketed the sky. It looked as though the heavens were going to open up and dump snow down upon them at any moment. I haven't really gotten the opportunity to do it yet back in Tampa. This is the first time I'm actually going to get to see snow in person, you know? She sighed wistfully. I hope it's as beautiful in person as it is on TV. Snow is definitely beautiful, Aaron replied quietly, staring directly into the girl's bright, hazel eyes. The two maintained eye contact for a few seconds before Holly looked down at her feet, shuffling them nervously as her cheeks flushed pink. This isn't going to be your first white Christmas, is it? She looked up again, pushing a strand of stray hair out of her eyes and tucking it gently behind her ear. You used to live here, right? When I was really young, Aaron explained, turning to stare out of the windows again as his mind began to drift away toward long-suppressed memories. I don't really remember any white Christmases in vivid detail, though. Well, if the forecast is right, it'll be the perfect weather for reindeer to fly in, Holly noted, eliciting a reflexive snort of laughter from Aaron. When she looked at him, scandalized, he murmured a quiet apology. Still having doubts about Santa? I'm trying not to, Aaron admitted, embarrassed. If Daniel and Chris are telling the truth about Krampus... Daniel and Chris are bullies, Aaron. Holly rolled her eyes. Just ignore them. So you're saying Krampus isn't real? Holly shrugged before admitting hesitantly. I don't know. He could be. I haven't heard of him before, though. I mean, why would I have? She straightened up proudly. I've never been naughty. Noticing the look of worry on her friend's face, she hastened to add, I'm sure you have nothing to worry about, though. It's not like you're a bad kid. I mean, even Daniel and Chris aren't bad enough that Krampus has had to visit them. They believe in Santa, though, Aaron pointed out. They're not having doubts like I am. Well, if you're having doubts, why not ask Santa himself to clarify them for you? Holly asked. When Aaron stared blankly at her in response, she rolled her eyes. At Macy's, didn't you read the itinerary Miss Warren handed out on the plane? Even if Santa exists, do you really think he'd be sitting in a department store on Christmas Eve? Aaron asked. Don't you think he's got better things to do? Haven't you ever seen Miracle on 34th Street? Holly asked. If the real Santa is going to be sitting in any department store, it's going to be at Macy's in New York. Even if it's not the big guy himself, all of the Santas that kids visit are his helpers who report back to him at the North Pole. Aaron couldn't help but smirk. That's what my mom always told me, too. 
You should listen to us, Holly pointed out with a wink. Clearly, we know what we're talking about. Before Aaron could reply, a voice shouted, Holly! As one, Aaron and Holly turned to face the luggage carousel, where Margot was struggling to pull her suitcase from the conveyor belt. A little help, please? Holly shrugged at Aaron in a what-can-you-do sort of way before winking at him. See you later, she said as she turned on her heel and hurried away to help her best friend. Aaron was still staring at her, his mind racing when Kevin sidled up beside him. Well, how'd it go? What do you want me to say? Aaron asked with a laugh. She's always been nice to me. I want you to tell me that you told her that she's all you want for Christmas this year, Kevin replied, causing Aaron to roll his eyes. You should have taken her right up to the doors to stare outside. At the parking garage, Aaron asked, glancing out of the glass front of the airport. Why? Kevin pointed at a particularly famous Christmas decoration that was often associated with romance hanging above the sliding glass doors. Mistletoe. It would have been the perfect excuse to lean in and kiss her. Excuse me, what's going on? Is there a reason that we haven't taken off yet? Megan Rankin had stopped the young, round stewardess as she was making her way down the narrow center aisle that ran the length of the plane. It was a quarter past eight in the morning, and she was squeezed beside Jake with a restless Amy strapped into her lap on the left side of the crowded aircraft that would be flying them to Newark Airport. She was exhausted. All she wanted to do was sleep, but she knew that she would never be able to until they were up in the air and the flight crew dimmed the lights. Unfortunately, the plane was almost half an hour late in taking off. In fact, they hadn't even pulled away from the gate yet, and there had been nary an announcement from the flight deck as to why they were delayed. It turned out that Megan wasn't the only passenger curious about the delay either. There were loud murmurs of annoyance up and down the plane from people who wanted to get to Newark as soon as possible in order to get to the homes of various friends and family members in time for the holidays. I'm sorry, ma'am, the stewardess replied, distracted, but the snow just started in New York about 15 minutes ago and reports are saying it's going to get worse very quickly. We're being held here until we can get clearance to take off, which won't happen until we can be sure that we'll be able to safely land once we reach the tri-state area. Megan's stomach sank. Do you know when that will be? She asked. It's just, we have tickets for a show tonight, and everyone on this plane has places to be, ma'am. The stewardess cut across her firmly, her face flickering with annoyance. Unfortunately, I don't know how long we'll be grounded. Why don't you ask Mother Nature? Megan's mouth dropped open in shock at the snarky response, but before she could come up with a satisfying retort, the stewardess swept away down the aisle. Megan leaned back in her seat with a frustrated sigh, bouncing Amy up and down on her knees as she did so. Unbelievable. She checked her watch. Hopefully we're not delayed too long. Or cancelled, for that matter. I don't want to miss Aaron's performance. She glanced sideways at Jake, who was texting furiously on his phone, headphones placed firmly over his ears, ignoring everything that she was saying. Rolling her eyes, Megan pulled the headphones from his head. Hey, what gives? Jake demanded, annoyed. Are you listening to me? Megan demanded, as Jake snatched the headphones from her hands. Yes, Jake spat. If we do miss the performance, though, it's your own fault. We could have been on the earlier plane with Aaron. Pushing aside her surprise that her oldest child actually had been paying attention to what she was saying to him, Megan replied, her heart sinking. I wanted to surprise him. I'm sure we'll make it in time, she added in a half-hearted attempt to reassure herself. Suddenly remembering, she continued, 
I should call your grandmother and let her know we're going to be late so that she's not waiting at the airport for hours. Here, take Amy, she instructed. I can't concentrate with her squirming in my lap. Jake gently lifted a giggling Amy from his mother's lap, as he suggested nonchalantly, You could always call Dad to pick us up. Megan, who had just managed to extricate her cell phone from her pocket, paused to glare at her son. Don't start, Jake. Oh, come on, Jake rolled his eyes. I don't believe for a second that you don't know how to get in touch with him. Then, noticing his mother's stern, icy glare, he added defensively, It was just a suggestion. Yeah, well, it was a stupid one, Megan informed him as she dialed her mother's number. Placing the phone to her ear, she mumbled to herself, Please go to voicemail, please go to voicemail. But almost immediately, the call was picked up. Hello? Megan sighed. Hi, Mom. Megan! Her mother, Linda, sounded thrilled to hear her voice. Is everything all right? Shouldn't you be in the air by now? Everything's fine, Mom. Listen, Megan took a deep breath. We're delayed in Tampa right now because of the weather in New York. It started snowing a little while ago, Linda interrupted. It already looks like it's coming down heavier. Megan's stomach constricted tightly at the words. Yeah, well, let's hope that it doesn't, she replied darkly. Not until we're able to take off and land safely in Newark, at least. But anyway, she rushed on, sensing her mother's desire to interrupt her. I'm just calling to let you know that I have no clue what time we're going to be getting in, so wait for my call before heading over to the airport, alright? Linda sighed deeply, causing Megan to grip her phone so tightly her knuckles turned white. <sighs> well, hopefully by the time you get in, it's not too late and the roads aren't too bad. Getting over to the Newark from Brooklyn on a good day takes long enough. I know, I know, Megan replied wearily, closing her eyes as though praying for patience. Do you, though? Linda asked condescendingly. Because it sounds like you're worried you may not be able to make it in time to catch Aaron's performance. And if that's the case, I don't want to have to miss it, too, because I have to pick you up from the airport. Megan rolled her eyes. I'll call you when I have an update, she said quickly. We'll see you later. And before Linda could say another word, Megan ended the call and leaned back in her seat with a loud sigh. Jake, meanwhile, was staring at her with a mischievous smirk on his face. It's not always easy dealing with your mother, is it? He taunted snidely. Jake, I am not in the mood right now, all right? Megan insisted, reaching out to take Amy back from her oldest son. As her baby daughter smiled up at her, Megan kissed her forehead before assuring her in a baby voice, I promise never to treat you like my mommy treats me, okay? Amy cooed in response. As she glanced up and down the aisle for a flight attendant in order to try and get an update about the status of their flight, Megan wondered if it was too early to request a nice, cold, stiff drink to soothe her nerves. I hope you all enjoyed my reading of chapter 10. I know my voices weren't as up to par as the amazing voice talents that we've heard thus far this year, like Julia and Tom and Ron and everyone else. But I hope you could look past that and still enjoy the chapter. As always, I'm so grateful that you're all taking this year-long journey with these characters and strapping in to see how this plot goes. I appreciate each and every one of you more than you know. So keep the feedback coming, and please, if you're enjoying the story, consider sharing it with your family and friends on your social media feeds. 
in order to get it in front of as many ears as possible. Or as many eyes, because the text of each chapter you hear is made available on our website each week as well. So if reading is more of your thing or more of their thing, they can read our weekly installments at www.tisthepodcast.com. And if you enjoy Tis the Podcast proper, if you ever want to comment on a movie or television show we discuss, give us feedback on a specific episode, comment on this book, or just interact with us and other listeners of the show in general, check out our social media feeds. All you have to do to get to each one is go to www.tisapodcast.com slash Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Reddit, or Facebook group. You could also search for Tisa Podcast on YouTube to find our recently reactivated YouTube channel, which we plan on making more active throughout 2021. Right now, though, our Facebook group is by far the most active of our social media pages. It's always busy year-round, and not just with Christmas chatter, although that is obviously our primary focus. There's plenty of talk about pop culture, movies, TV shows, memes, comic books, and other holidays as well. Especially those other Burr Month holidays like Halloween and Thanksgiving that lead up to Christmas itself. Although recently... Easter and even Passover got some love from us via Patreon and our main feed. Our Facebook group has also kind of become a one-stop shop for many of the Christmas podcasts you know and love on the Christmas Podcast Network. So not only will you find new episodes of Tis the Podcast there and get to interact with Julia, Tom, and myself there, but you'll also find new episodes of Totally Rad Christmas, Christmas Clatter, TGI Podcast, A Cozy Christmas Podcast, Advent Calendar House Podcast, all of your favorites posted there as well, in addition to finding all of the hosts of said shows you know and love on the website too, always willing to interact with anyone and everyone about anything. It's truly a mini Christmas family that's formed within that Facebook group. And again, I know I say this every week, but I'm going to keep saying it because it's a God's honest truth. I know I can speak for Tom, Julia, and myself when I say the family that sprouted up around this podcast, the friendships that have formed, they're the things we are most proud of in regards to the show. It's made doing this show that much more fun and easy for us, and all the more worthwhile for us to continue doing week in and week out, all year, every year. But speaking of the show, if you want more bonus episodes, Christmas cards, enamel pins, ringtones, etc., check out our Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash tisthepodcast or www.tisthepodcast.com slash Patreon. For as little as $1 per month, you can get full-length bonus episodes of the show. While the first two months of the year were slow in content for Patreon, we really stepped things up in March. We posted an episode in which I talk about the FX comedy show, You're the Worst, with Kendall Ferry. And Tom and I posted an episode in which we talk with Ron Hogan, a.k.a. President Hot Dog, about the horror comedy Leprechaun. Also, there's an episode that just dropped recently in which I discuss with April Riley, Passover and her family's traditions well, we cover the fifth season episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm, episode seven, The Seder. And just this past Easter Sunday, our annual Easter Patreon episode dropped, in which Tom, Julia, and myself discussed the 1976 traditionally animated Rankin Bass special, The First Easter Rabbit. Also, full disclosure, I'm recording this 
at 1 a.m. Easter morning, April 4th. But tomorrow, April 5th, Tom, Julia, myself, and a bunch of other Christmas podcast hosts, including Tim Babb, Mike Westfall, Jerry Davila, Todd Killian, are recording an episode on WandaVision and all of our its spoiler-filled detail, which, if it hasn't dropped in your Patreon feeds yet, should be dropping before the end of this upcoming weekend. In addition, they'll be joining us in the near future to debate Zack Snyder's Justice League, because we all have very strong, different opinions on that film. And the evening you're listening to this, if you're listening to this the day it drops, on April 8th, I am sitting down with Todd Killian and Claude Belanger to discuss this year's Hallmark Keepsake Ornament Dream Book, which, and that will drop in your Patreon feeds on April 15th, which is the day Hallmark officially releases it for the public. And next Monday, the 12th, I will be sitting with Jay and Ron of Filmstrip Podcast to discuss Godzilla vs. Kong, which should be fun. I'm hoping Tom and or Julia can join us for that episode as well. And for sure... Either if it's not this month, then definitely during the month of May for Memorial Day, we will be covering the first few installments of Batman The Long Halloween. We've been talking about it forever, but we're finally getting that on the schedule. So we're so excited to do that, especially given the fact that the voice cast of the animated straight-to-video adaptation of that story was just announced recently. So we're hoping to cover the film version later this year as well. So lots of great stuff coming up on Patreon. And that's not all. We still do want to do new fireside chats, Christmas movie commentaries. And I promise that in October, I'll be dropping a scary movie episode every week, like we did last year in honor of Halloween. So if you're not a patron yet, now is the time to subscribe. And rest assured that all money we make goes into improving the quality of our show and coming up with new swag to give to all of y'all. In fact, we have some cool swag in the works we're hoping to give patrons early access to when we unveil it at the beginning of this summer. It's really cool stuff we think you'll all like. Eventually it will be avail- made available to everyone to purchase, but we want to give patrons early access. And speaking of this soon-to-be-announced brand-new swag, another way anyone can win some of it, whether you're a patron or not, is by participating in Tissa Podcast's March Madness. That's right, Tissa Podcast got in on the March Madness fun this year. So if you're listening to this episode on the day it drops, make sure to vote in the round three movie head-to-heads in order to help us determine what is the ultimate Christmas movie. You can vote in said matchups via the links on all of our social media accounts to help us determine winners and help us determine which movies move on to the next round. And those of you who have already filled out your individual brackets and sent them to Tom, Julia, and myself, we will tally the scores of each bracket we have received at the end of this game when a movie is crowned the winner and whichever one of you scores the highest and made the most correct predictions will get some of our new swag for free when it comes out this summer so check it out make sure to participate the more people who participate the more fun it will be 
And there are other ways to help Tis a Podcast besides subscribing to Patreon and engaging with us on and sharing our social media pages. You can help the show in a free way by leaving us a review on iTunes, because every new review helps new listeners find us and helps us to spread the Christmas cheer 365 days per year. Plus, it's a way to get a free Tis a Podcast sticker. Coming up on our main show this upcoming Monday, April 12th, we will be discussing the last batch of Christmas episodes, the last three Christmas episodes of Home Improvement. And on Tuesday, Tom, Julia, and I will be recording our episode on Almost Christmas. That's right, we're heading back to the land of films and our movie canon list. Much to Julia's delight, obviously. Before that episode drops, though... Next Thursday, April 15th, you'll get to hear chapter 11 of Another Christmas Story, which listener Claude Belanger will be reading to y'all. In it, you'll catch up with President Williams as she lands in Air Force One at JFK International Airport to greet her foreign counterparts in order to take them on a Christmassy tour of New York City. And the week after, chapter 12, I'm not going to reveal who's reading it yet, but it's going to be a fun chapter and one you'll definitely not want to miss because, here's a little tease for y'all, Joey and Mary meet for the first time in a decade since they had their falling out in the prologue of the story. So that's something for y'all to look forward to. So, once again, thank you all for your love and support. We couldn't ask for better listeners in the world than all of you. You're truly the best, and we are so lucky we get to consider a lot of you legitimate friends. Many of you are more like family members. So please do your homework, watch Home Improvement, watch Almost Christmas. We clearly have lots of fun, exciting stuff coming up. But perhaps the most exciting news we have for y'all is the fact that we only have 261 days until Christmas. I say it every week, but it's only because I am in disbelief at how fast this year is flying. A week from today, if you're listening to this the day it drops, the Hallmark Keepsake Dream Book releases. Leon Day is in under three months, and Christmas in July is in long after that. The most wonderful time of the year will be here before you know it. Once we hit July 4th and all the back-to-school stuff begins to go up in stores, it's all downhill from there. The Halloween stuff goes up soon after, long before September. Starbucks and Dunkin' Donuts start putting their fall flavors on back on the menu in August. And we are just about at the Burr months. So much stuff to look forward to this year, y'all. So get excited, stay pumped. And as always, Tom, Julia, and myself will be here with y'all to help you get through 2021 and hopefully bring some and hopefully help you to keep the Christmas spirit alive all throughout the year. So until Monday, bye y'all. Have a great weekend.